You're listening to Green Biz Radio, the voice of GreenBiz.com, bringing you news and analysis on business, the environment, and the bottom line. For Green Biz Radio, I'm Tilde Herrera. Data centers and office buildings waste energy when their electronic devices are plugged in but are sitting in standby mode. Now there is a universal power adapter called GreenPlug that can communicate with PCs, laptops, cell phones, and other common devices to recognize how much power they need and shut off the power supply when charging is complete. Greener World Media contributor Sarah Feister-Gale recently sat down with GreenPlug founder Frank Paniagua to talk about how the device can reduce energy consumption as well as e-waste by eliminating the unique power supply cords that come with every device. The company is working with manufacturers to incorporate its green plug chip into the next generation of electronics products that will hit the shelves as early as next year. Why don't we begin by just telling me a little bit about green plug and your technology and uh, how it's going to change the business world as we know it. Good. Good morning, Sarah, and thanks for having me on the show. I'm here in San Francisco, as I told you, at a conference, and, um, and I just live across the bay, and I had to bring one, two, three, four chargers with me. This is how it started. This whole thing started, you know, three years ago when I went to my friend's wedding in, in Chicago, and I brought nine chargers with me, you know, one for my camcorder, one for my digital camera. And I said, this is crazy. How can we do this? Right? We buy a toaster. We go to the store. We buy a toaster. We buy a blender. We buy a television set. We don't think about this stuff, but every new consumer electronic device you know, seems to come with a wall warp. Why just can't we do the AC to DC conversion and why can't it be more convenient and more importantly, more efficient for the consumers and for businesses? And that's what we set out to do here. So it sounds like a simple solution, uh, but from what I'm reading about, about your work, it's, you've run into some frustration. What does it take to make everything be able to be connected to a single charger? Well, you know, it's, it's not any other frustration. It's it's not, uh, you know, rougher than, um, you know, any other frustration I've ran in starting other types of companies. Uh, you know, you got to get believers. you got to get critical mass. You know, 20 years ago when I co-founded the Video Electronic Standards Association, we ran into the same kind of headwinds, if you will, from system companies back then. The problem was, you know, monitors didn't talk to graphics chips, and graphics chips didn't talk back to monitors, and you had Flickr. Carol Melnick and I sat around drinking a bottle of wine at a Comdex, and we said, this is crazy. We should fix this. And no one wanted to unbundle their monitor because, hence, they might lose revenue. And, you know, what about the safety features? And how do we guarantee the customer's response to this? And all this kind of stuff. NEC decided that they would do it, and the rest of the world followed, and there's no more Flickr on monitors. And today, you can buy a desktop and choose any type of monitor you want to go with that. Does that relate to what you're trying to do with GreenPlug? Well, it's core to it. It's exactly the same thing 20 years ago. I mean, we're trying to, to convey and convince CE manufacturers to do just what Apple's doing. Apple has unbundled their charger from their iPod. If you've noticed, if you want a charger, you have to buy one. What we're saying to the world is, this is crazy, you know, in a data center, let's say, or in, a, in, a, in an office, you know, in a, in a cubicle. You have all these things plugged in, you have all these power strips. Why can't you have a, a good-looking, iconic um, DC power hub that's efficient and effective? And you plug in a device, it recognizes the device, it gives it exactly the power it needs, and when it's done charging it, it shuts it off so it stops the phantom power that these little things suck out of the walls continuously. This is not just about clutter, it's about energy efficiency, right? About energy efficiency and standby mode, exactly. Right now, you know, when I go downstairs to this conference that I'm at, 
um, I'm going to be a bad boy probably. Well, no, I won't because I just reminded myself. But I bring a power strip over here, and I have you know my MacBook Air, I have my BlackBerry, I have my Bluetooth headset, I have a bunch of this stuff, uh, my little printer right here, all plugged in, right? All these DC hubs. I leave those. Uh, AC to DC chargers in the in the power strip, it's going to continue to suck energy. If I turn right. the power strip off or I unplug them, then they won't suck energy. Greenplug does this for you. So is Greenplug a concept or does it exist? Oh, it exists. We've been demoing it since uh, CES last year. We have lots of samples. But remember, we don't build power supplies. Right. We build a chip that goes into a power supply, and then we give away for free and this is how it correlates back to what happened 20 years ago. You know, we give away for, for free on the product side 12 kilobytes of code that reside in either a standalone low processor chip, you know, it costs about 25 cents, uh -huh. or in an existing microprocessor such as a BlackBerry in your power management chip, your PMU chip, or your baseband chip, sold by Texas Instruments, sold by Broadcom, sold by SD Microelectronics. So we're going and we're working with these companies, and we hope to have a major announcement here soon um, that they take our firmware for free and they put it in this chip. And then when RIM buys their chip, they are green. The devices that those chips go into are green plug enabled for free. And then what you have to do as a consumer or a business is buy a green plug enabled power supply, and voila, they make music together. So you say you you hope to have an announcement to make soon. Any anything you can say about that? One big large chip company. One big large chip company. So is this just another gadget, or is this going to change the way people travel, the way offices operate? Yeah, we aren't in the gadget business. Uh, right. This is not a gadget. This is. I mean, we we want to get rid of the 3.2 billion of these devices that get uh, designed, manufactured. Uh, shipped and then subsequently discarded right. when, think about it, when you get a new phone, right, Sarah, you get a new phone, there's nothing wrong with your old charger. It goes in a box or it goes in a landfill somewhere, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be just cool if you're talking to me right now from your office and you had one sexy little hub that sits there and anything you plug into it, it recognizes it. If you plug in your Craftsman screwdriver, if you plug in your MacBook Air, if you plug in whatever you plug into it, it recognizes that device gives it the power that it needs, and then guess what? It also has a safety aspect that I hardly that we hardly talk about, but that's very important to this because uh -huh. we've all tried devices because oh yeah, it fits, and you plug in a AC to DC converter, and it's the wrong output voltage, and it fries your device. With with Green Talk, it won't happen like that because it recognizes the device and it does a secure handshake with the device and says ah, you're an iPod, you need five volts. You're a, a MacBook Air. You need 65 watts, and gives it just that power. So tell me, let's talk about the the savings, the environmental impact that 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 this kind of a change could have. Well, from an e-waste perspective, it's dramatic because you know you're not just going to buy one hub, and that's going to be for everything. I I have 42 chargers in my home, right? My college daughters, they have you know six devices in each of their rooms, so. There's not enough AC outlets in the room to charge everything that they have, and certainly in my desk and where my wife's desk is, you know, we've got all this stuff. I've got three power strips in my garage with, you know, my Craftsman screwdriver with my Makita, you know, drill with this and that and this plug in, mm -hmm. and my dust buster. 
everything. And so what I'm envisioning is a, is a very cool, because I like to charge my phone and stuff in my kitchen, and so does my wife and my friends come over, a very cool, let's say, a, a Bose radio charging station see, that sets in my kitchen. So when I'm cooking and drinking wine, you know, I can be charging you know, four or five devices. Let's say it's a five-port DC hub in my kitchen. Okay, that means that four, four chargers won't have to be designed, built, shipped, and then subsequently discarded because I have a five-port hub that charges five devices. Um, so in my house, I could go from 42 chargers down to about one in each of my daughter's room, one in my garage, one in my kitchen, one in my den. I can go down to five. Okay. So from an, an echo green standpoint, 42 minus 5 is what, 37. So 37 chargers won't go in the landfill someday. That's pretty cool. That and that's just cool. my house. And then what about the energy savings? Have you measured that? Yeah, we've measured it. We've done all kinds of different analysis and calculations on the energy savings. And we, we got these Stanford MBA students to help us with it. I'm happy to share it. It comes down to what's plugged in and for how long. You know, what kind of devices do you have plugged in and what kind of devices uh, and how long they're plugged in for. So, for instance, let's say you had a five-port hub in your den where you do your work mm -hmm. and you had a laptop and you had a cell phone and you had a Bluetooth headset and those are both five-volt five devices so they, they don't take much juice. And you had your, uh, your backup hard drive that is in standby mode all the time. Right. right, you, right. It backs up your uh, information, let's say, once a week you have it set for. Maybe you're diligent you back up once a day. I don't know. But the rest of the time it's on standby mode, and I'm sure Sarah doesn't unplug it from the wall, right? No. Okay. It's just in your power strip. So, you know, <laughs> in, in this kind of configuration, you know, it would save more power in a day, in a week, in a year in standby mode than if you had five 5-volt devices plugged in there, like a phone and a you know, Blackberry and a Bluetooth headset. So the calculations just vary, and it, it just depends on what you have plugged in and for how long they're plugged in for. Okay, but basically, and, and I think that this is true probably for most people, we are not unplugging our chargers when we're done with them, taking our phones out the moment they're charged. So any of that excess power that's being sucked out unnecessarily goes away. Yeah, in standby mode, we really shine. You measure power in active mode, you measure it in standby mode, and then you measure it in no-load mode when you know, the device isn't you know, plugged in at all. So with our technology for free, basically, you know, on, on the client side, uh, for the first time ever, the client device and the power supply, they communicate. Right now, it's a one-way love affair, right? It's a one-way relationship. The power supply, when it's plugged into the wall, it delivers power. And they're getting more and more efficient. The government is regulated to be more efficient in standby mode. They're, they're getting more efficient, and they're getting, they're getting good. But they're not there yet because they don't have what, what GreenBug and GreenTalk is offering the world, and that's real-time digital collaboration between a client and a power supply. So. So, for instance, here in San Francisco, I have a hybrid. I want to buy a plug-in hybrid. Let's say you buy a plug-in hybrid, and we both come home at 7 o'clock at night. Okay. With Green Talk, we can charge our devices, any devices, not only our hybrid, but all the devices I mentioned earlier about that are in our den or in our garage. We can set those to be charged at 2 a.m. 
so we can untax the grid and energy is you know less expensive so we can set those to be charged we don't care we just know 5 a.m. when I have to call you uh, I want my devices charged right. but I don't care if it's charged at 6 o'clock at night or at 2 in the morning I just want them charged so it's going to save the user money because they can control when that charging happens yeah, and it's going to make the utility companies happy as well because now the user, for first time ever, can actually help with shifting that power balance to different times. And you know, people say to me all the time, "Oh, you know, uh, the naysayers. Oh, you know, it's it's just it's just a phone. It doesn't even draw much power." But in aggregate, <laughs> right. there's a lot of energy that can be saved on an hourly basis, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on an annual basis. And wouldn't oh. that be cool when you travel? Think about the day. I envision this, right? This is my dream. When I go to Starbucks or I go to Pete's Coffee or I come here and I stay in San Francisco overnight at this conference, and I don't even have to bring any chargers. There's a sexy DC hub right here next to this cool plasma television set, and anything I plug in from my you know, hair dryer to my digital camera to whatever, it just recognizes and charges it just like it was an AC uh, outlet, but it does so more effectively and more efficiently because now it's collaborating with that device. So it's not going to overcharge the device. It can charge it. And, you know, the hotels can set up the, the user with a very cool user interface that we ship with our product uh, to be, hey, would you like to help us save energy? Like, you know, right here, there's these signs all over. You know, please don't, you know, wash your towels if you don't have to. Please don't, you know, call for maid service if you don't need it. All these thoughtful things to save the environment and save water here, you know, in drought-stricken California. Think about when you go to a hotel room, right? You know, what do people do? They take longer showers. They leave the TV on. They leave the lights on. They do all that kind of stuff. With our technology, we can control some of it. So what is it going to take to make this mainstream? Well, I think there's a lot of things. You know, it's always a push-pull thing. I think if a large company like Hewlett Packard said, we're going to do this, then, you know, you'd see other companies like Toshiba, Sanyo, Sony, all these other companies jumping on the bandwagon and saying, yeah, this is real easy. We just put this in our, in our devices for free, and we upsell to consumers like you an efficient and effective multi-port uh, charging hub, okay. which I think we all like to get to. Well, this does sound like very cool technology, and it sounds like, and as you say, this may be about to happen. If you get a couple of big companies on board with it, that the rest are likely to follow suit. I think that's the whole trick. I think if a couple of big companies, and we're going to work on those big companies, and we're trying to give them proper incentive to do this, and I think they will. And if they look at the business model, not only what's good for their customers and what their customers want, they're going to save money once they pull that brick out of their out of their box, right? And in the whole big green sphere out there, think about it. Their packaging will shrink. Their shipping costs will go down because there will be less weight in the box, which uses less gasoline, which uses less fossil fuels. I mean... It's good for everybody not to ship these things because everybody hates them. No one wants them. And the company, just like Apple, when they pulled out the power supply out of the iPod, did the street price of the iPod go down? No. Yes. No. no. But did their margins go up? Yes. Yeah. That's right. So it's, it's, the everybody making, wins. The cost of making the cord is gone from the product development price, right? Yeah, and I have news for a lot of these CE guys, and they know it too. And it's just around the corner. I mean, around the corner, it's in a couple of years. It's happening in different countries. It's going to happen here in the United States. But they're going to be responsible for these things to have to bring them back. So there's going to be a cost. It's, they're going to hit their P&L that they're going to have to recycle all this stuff. Frank, thank you so much for your time today.
You've been listening to Green Biz Radio. For the latest daily news on business, the environment, and the bottom line, and to sign up for our free newsletters, visit greenbiz.com.